If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey, here with Zizzy. Yo, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Season 3, episode 13, which means it's kind of like last episode, you know? Kind of like a dozen, but this time it's just cooler because it's, it's the Baker's, Baker's dozen. dozen. Baker's <laughs> dozen. Yeah, so it's, see, see, hey, we lame. We lame, but we cool at the same time. Let's get it. This is the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Season motto is bigger and better. And we are brought to you by none other, of course, than Pinnacle Supplementation. Make sure you reach your pinnacle. Check out PinnacleSup.com for all of your supplementation and wellness needs. Also, our sponsor and supporter of the podcast, OBL Extraordinaire, Pickup Court, Globetrotter, Secret Saw Shooter, Grant Anderson and his YouTube channel, G for three, providing some great insight on what it takes to become a true baller so go ahead give our man a follow hit a subscription <sighs> now we get to the real stuff Woo! what what a weekend first full weekend of football it's all the way back i personally couldn't be happier i mean i'm so comfy i got i'm so happy <laughs> i got the robe on man <sighs> but of course before we get into all that i'm zizzy next to me is mickey and let's hear from the guy, the one of a kind, Mickey Hines. What's good, brother? Uh, you already hit the nail right on the head. Football is back. It's Tuesday, and I'm kind of confused. I'm like, wait, I can't turn on the TV and watch football today. I am just so happy that the season is back. All the vibes are great. The pickups are back. The first week standing. Shout out Zach Novick for being our week one champion. Your boys up there competing. Zizzy's down there a little bit, but... It's only week one, but that's just one of the exciting things going on in football. Fantasy football talks have just blown up for me at work. It's so fun talking uh, strategies with the other coworkers there. And just watching football and watching my Bears go get dubs. But uh, as you can tell, I just have so much to talk about for football, and I'm beyond excited. But first, you already know, person of the week. Now, Zizzy, hit us with it. Person of the week this week, uh, it actually, it touches home for both of us. It's important to a lot of people. Um, but the person of the week is going to be the number one super fan of all time for Cornell Athletics. One of the biggest supporters to ever be on this podcast. The former, I want to say former interview of the year. Um, oh, he got beat that year. Second, but, second, yeah. but still always a big part of it. Mark Mason, man. Uh, so Mark Mark is the man. Like I said, I mean, I could go into stories. I could go and I could break out into character and just impersonate his excitement and get everyone as hyped as he always did. Uh, but Mark's going through a tough time right now. Uh, he's dealing with things that are completely out of his control, uh, something that scares me to death. It's, it's a health issue, and it's something that anyone could really do, and they're trying to find answers from the best doctors that they can. So um, he's going through a tough time. He's got some issues. And, of course, our prayers and thoughts are with the family and with Mark especially. Uh, but he has nothing but support from us. And there's going to be a lot of things that we can do moving forward to try and help him and his family. Uh, one thing is going to be uh, the benefit that they are hosting for in his honor, uh, the benefit for Mark Mason. That's going to be on Sunday, October 16th. Um, it's going to be from noon to 6 p.m., and that is in Ottawa, Illinois. Uh, it's posted on Facebook. We'll post it on our social media so everyone gets to see it. Uh, but definitely something, if you can, if you can donate, if you can just even reach out to them, just let them know we're thinking about them. Um, it's, it's the most that we can do right now. So someone that's near and dear to our heart, Mark Mason, we wish you nothing but the best. We hope you get better, buddy. 
Yes, uh, he is also, I mean, he is both of our person of the week and former guest, former friend. I mean, I remember going over there, us doing the coaching camp for the little kids. He invited us out there. We're over Amazing. here getting these kids excited for it. And the total energy he brings is one of the most positive that you possibly can get from hyping up the 200 people in the Cornell College fans right in the stands or to just the little things of hyping up you as an individual. I know he's an Ironman finisher, man. He might motivate me to go do one in his honor, but right? like, I didn't even things, know that. Like, what the hell? Uh, a lot of tough things going their way. We're not going to go into any specific details besides, if anything, just go donate some money to them to help out with the cause of co uh, helping out with those medical bills. That's the main reason why they are doing this. But at the same time, just to celebrate, kind of like his life. I know some things kind of were happening, but we just want to promote him because he's a dude. He's awesome. I still have my Yeti mug. I might have to run and get it, but he is an amazing person, an amazing man. And, you know, we only wish anything but the best for him. Absolutely. man. I mean, it, and we're, we ain't afraid to get serious here, but it's a serious issue. And obviously prayers are, prayers are the family. Um, Jared, little mace, man, my guy over there. Mia, the family, Kendra, obviously, Kylie, all, all of them. So we all hope everyone's doing good with it. So do our best to support you. And we always will. Absolutely. Now, let's get into it, big guy. Now, I'll hold off on my Bears takes already. But uh, <laughs> don't do this every time. We can't I, do it like they do something good. And it's just like it takes over the podcast. We're not doing. No, no, no. We're gonna talk. You already talked about uh, Baker dozens. We're gonna talk about Baker. Uh, right. My first team I want to recap is the Panthers and the Browns. Now this is one of the pickums I was solidified. We talked about it in the off season. This is Baker's revenge game. This is storybook, storyboard material on Sports Center. And boy, was it not. They lose to the rookie kicker. 26 to 24, Baker drives down there, making some good plays, uh, with even with his legs, throwing the ball at the, you know, after he scores at the wall. Pretty cool stuff. But it was a very slow start. He only had 235 for a touchdown and interception. And the Browns running attack was pretty much the story of the game. Jacoby Brissett, 147 for one touchdown. Like Baker can do better than that. So I hate the talk of, oh, see, they don't need Baker. Like Baker played better. But when you have Nick Chubb rush for 140 yards, you're going to be okay in that aspect. But overall, kind of sucks for Baker that you're not winning. You're against your old team. It does put a damper on the Panthers this year. I thought they'd be a decent ball club. But now, I don't know. What's your take on it? I think my take on it is everyone's being a little bit too harsh on the Panthers here. Um, really? And it's not – and it's really just like – I'm with you. Uh, for Baker, it's unfortunate. Um, I didn't think he played all that bad. Um, I think the first half – first half was a struggle. I mean, could it be, this, could it be the same thing from last night, and we'll talk about that when I guess to Russell Wilson. But, like, it's a lot of emotions, man. Like, you're playing against your former team. That team drafted you, put you, you've been wearing their colors, and then your first game out, out, out of that organization is against that team. That's a lot to go on. And they know your your mannerisms. They've been at every practice with you. They kind of know your weaknesses, your strengths. They're playing on that. They're keying on that. So the first half, it was a struggle. But like you said, I mean, he got the 250, basically, a tutty interception. He looked great, led that second half comeback. He does lead them to take the lead late in the game. And then it just it comes down to the defense, and defense wins on a on a field goal. I mean, I mean, 
it is what it is. Uh, overall, though, this did open my eyes, and I kind of was like from the Pickham's perspective, right? Like we were all like, oh, this is his revenge game. Panthers actually have a good defense. McCaffrey's back healthy. You got DJ Moore, a better quarterback in Baker than what we suppose of Sam Darnold. We all kind of took that as a slam dunk. But we also forget when we were talking about this Browns team and the Browns team, like before we knew about all the suspensions and everything with Deshaun Watson, people were talking deep playoff runs. People look at this team on paper. It is a very good team on paper. Uh, defense could play. Well, I don't think they're very defense, good. defense could step up. Defense could step up. But, I mean, at receiver, you still are going to have Amari Cooper. you still got Njoku at tight end. Your running backs are Nick Chubb. He was not good at Dallas, so don't bring Nick Chubb. Your, Ch- your running backs are Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Possibly, yeah, and I've, no said, I've said it, though. Possibly the best running back do- committee in the in the league. Yes. And they showed that. I mean, Nick Chubb came out there and ran hard. Ran, and, I mean, that's a, bo- that's a guy that you don't really want to get in front of when he's running the ball, especially when he gets going. But they reminded us, like, look, we were in the playoffs. We made a, ch- a shot at the AFC Championship game two years ago. Last year was a bad year, but it was a down year for the quarterback. We had a bunch of injuries to deal with. They're still a good team on paper, still a good team, a uh, good roster that's put together. And I think we all kind of took that for granted just because Jacoby Brissett was going to be at the helm. We kind of forget, too. Brissett may not be the guy that's going to blow us away, but he produced and got wins in Indy and in Miami as a starter from time to time. So he's not – he is serviceable. He is serviceable. The Browns are not this good team that you're talking. Their receiving core is nowhere good. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. Not a chance. Uh, I actually just – it depends depends on how they do when these first 11 games. I think if they – They're going to get last. I think if they – I mean, they're 1-0 now. If they make it through – Against a very subpar Panther team. They make it through 11 games with six wins. I'm not counting them. Six wins. Not counting them out. I just don't, I don't basically, that re- basically they got to be 500 basically through these first 11 games. I don't like the, the just give me Deshaun Watson's first game back in a year and a half with all the drama. He's not going to come out here ball and go win. I'm not saying game. that he'll necessarily. I used to think that he would because it's Deshaun, but I've watched these two other games this weekend from week one with uh, new quarterbacks and new places playing against their former team first game back. And it, ha- it does look like it seems to affect him a lot more than I thought. I guess the only one that doesn't. Well, actually, no. Even Brady didn't play that well when he played the Patriots. He played pretty poorly. They just won the game. So, And, you know, this Panthers team isn't really that good. Their defense is nowhere extraordinary by any means. Not They're as good as – yeah, no. They don't got no Keekley running linebacker no more, so. Exactly. But, you know, Christian McCaffrey only had 33 yards and a touchdown. That's not McCaffrey-like numbers. And Robbie Anderson, the guy who's hating on Baker, did have a game, 102 yards and a touchdown. So I think he's going to like Baker. This Panthers team, I think, at the end of the year is going to have a better record than the Browns. But I think the bad thing, which I got into, was I bought into the story. I bought into the story. Baker talking that trash. We, we all do, bro. We all do. I, and same thing with the Russell Wilson. I bought into it. Like, oh, his former team. He's going to go win. Just like story. Um, I those bought into story. Yeah, let's try to get that L and prove my point, which we'll get to in a little bit. But So that hurts. You know, like I bought into the story. It hurt with some of my pickums, But... Overall, I don't think this Browns team, which you're saying that they're going to be a good team. No, they're not going to make the playoffs. AFC is way too hard. Again, I I mean, I'm not saying it's definitely tougher in the AFC than it would be in the NFC. Like, you're not wrong when you say that. But, I mean, I'm not going to say that Amari Cooper, Najoku, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 
Uh, who's the new rookie? Anthony Schwartz hasn't proven anything yet, but I, I mean, he's a rookie, so you never know yet. I'm not going to say that they're a bad receiving core. And then the running backs on top of that with a great O-line. We looked at this team. If it was Deshaun Watson at quarterback, we'd be saying way different things. So it's not – it's we'll comes down to that. I say if they are 500 through those first 11 games, we have something to talk about. All right, all right. Well, that is your uh, Panthers-Browns. Now, Zizzy, hit me with the team that you want to bring up from this crazy week one. I want to bring up – I want to bring up one of those big AFC West division, that big AFC West division game, the Chargers and the Raiders. That is what I want to bring up. Can we just talk about how special Justin Herbert is? Man, This guy can make some crazy throws. Um, he loses Keenan Allen early in the game uh, to a knee injury, still comes out and just produces, makes use of Eckler in the receiving game, which we all expect that yeah. to happen. Um, obviously, you got Mike Williams, who didn't even do all that much, but making a big use of the new addition in Gerald Everett at tight end. Way, I call way, it. I love it. Way bigger of addition than I thought. That's for damn sure. So, um, definitely looked great on offense, defense. Um, Stimmy, Der Stimmy Derek Carr. I wouldn't say Stimmy the Raiders offense, but they Stimmy Derek Carr um, enough to get him to have what was that? I want to say five turnovers at the end of the day, three three interceptions, two fumbles. Uh, rough day for Derek Carr, but I mean, when we look at that defense on paper, I mean, come on, man, you got Khalil Mack, you got Bosa, you got Derwin James, who's now the highest paid safety in the league, and for a reason, Jackson, um, uh, yeah, Jackson, other corner, uh, they just got him, yeah, J uh, JC, well, JC Jackson, who's the other guy? They got one more that's really, really good, uh. Is he eating on me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not always the best with the names, but defense looked great. Forced the turnovers when they needed to. Offense is just ecstatic. And then when you look on the other side, I mean, yeah, Derek Carr made mistakes. Um, he was looking. He was staring down one receiver, and I mean, that one receiver happens to be Devontae, and for a reason. But just looked kind of out of sync. Got to adjust to the new offense, new weapons around him. Devontae Adams is is the best receiver in the league. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the he route, is. The, the routes, the routes are absolutely insane. Um, watching him take pressure away from Darren Waller, seeing Darren Waller kind of get back into the mix again. It's exciting stuff on both ends for this team. And it's going to be really, really fun to watch them both move forward. This is what we're talking about when teams are going to go in this division, you're going to go back and forth. Chargers only won by five points. Derek Carr doesn't throw an interception. This could be a whole new ballgame, and he threw three. Derek Carr did not. That's win. that's where it's saying, though, too. 95 like, for two touchdowns yeah. and the three interceptions. That's what kills him. Granted, this gets one of the best defenses on paper in the NFL. The, the thing you already said, he hit Devontae Adams so much, he wanted to prove that Fresno State, like, the boys yeah. are back. Like, yeah. here we go. I'm going to get my boys some love. He had 140 yards and a touchdown. Like, yes, Devontae Adams. And he, he looked good doing it. He looked very good doing it. And he looked good at the black and silver. Uh, I can now. It looks more intimidating as a receiver. Like I don't know why. It's, it's like ooh. And like you why. obviously got to get you also. So if Hunter Renfro, who's one of the best route runners in the league, just his his chatter down how he sets up his routes. But on the flip side, Herbert Sherbert baby, two eighty for three tutties. That's like a flawless game. He only had eight incompletions for he threw the ball thirty four times. I'm gonna take that any day of the week that ends in Y. Like, that is incredible by him. Yeah, they didn't have a rushing attack. Their leading rusher was Austin Eckler with 36 yards. 
So like that's the part of the game that they get to work on. Defense, you don't get to work on that. You force five turnovers close to it, right? Uh, you're passing. Your quarterback almost threw for 300 yards, and he had three touchdowns. Your receivers are spread out across the board, which in a lot of people's eyes, that's winning football. So if you improve your run game, Chargers are scary and are going. And to I, I, but at the same time, I also think it's just knowing your opponent. I mean, when we talk about this Raiders defense, we know about that D line. That interior line, yeah. The interior. That interior, that D line is insane. And, and that's and what that, I was saying in their preview in, yeah. in the offseason. The Raiders secondary is what's going to kill them. And it's what's going to kill them. And so we got to watch Herbert be special and make the plays that he needed to make the throws and just pick them apart all day. And that's like I said, that's what I would expect when you're playing against this Raiders team. Um, but it was good to it's good for them to see them be able to withhold against the run, especially against a number one uh, a number one running back in the league. I mean, he's definitely yeah. top three, top five going into the season. That's what everyone's saying. So, um, I mean, it's good things to take away for both teams. If I'm the Chargers, the only thing to worry about is you get five turnovers and you win by five points. That, that tells you that the Raiders team really ain't that bad, man. <laughs> and, no, that's the thing. The Chargers definitely have room to improve. But if they do take those rooms to improve, like your Chargers fan, get very excited because the Chargers are kind of a special team, and I would honestly love to see it. Yeah. Just saying. Bolt up, bolt up. Bolt up. Uh, <laughs> Anything else about the Raiders in the chart? No, I'm good on that for now. I just, I'm, I think they'll bounce back, and I'm ready to see what they do to what Derek. Well, Chargers got Chiefs this week, and <sighs> Thursday night football. Talk about one of the hardest picks you're going to have to make all year, especially with after what the Chiefs just did. Um, and that's where my second game is going to go into. Perfect transition. They don't need no Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, not one, not two. Not three, not four, but five, just like how many fingers are on my hand, touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes is out here having fun, throwing it under, uh, underhand. He's going great. Uh, no, that was Justin Fields. I'll talk to him about him later. But like he's just out here having fun doing him. Yank. All the debacle of how this team's not going to be this team because Tyreek Hill is not here anymore is blasphemous. Now, granted, on the flip side, the Cardinals are struggling with – you know, Kyler Murray and that whole debacle and some of his receivers, like Hopkins not being there and some injuries. I get it, but the Cardinals are still a, technically a playoff team, and the Chiefs went and did that to them. Yay, talk to me. What do you got feelings for the Chiefs? Because I'm high on them. I'm ready to buy a lot of stock in them. Remember when I said they would be last? It was, And then I followed it up by just saying, I like a hot take. You know, I just like a hot take. No, they're good. They're good. And it, and the reason isn't necessarily the fact that they have added anything. I mean, like you add Juju, you add Valdez Camp. To me, that's perfect. Not, not overwhelming, though. It's nothing that's overwhelming that makes you like eye popping. What it has done, and what I think a lot of us failed to realize, I never said that Patrick Mahomes would have a bad year. I still said he would be a top three quarterback going into the season. I just believe the rest of the team around him wouldn't be enough, especially on that defensive side. Defense played great. They played great against Arizona. And Arizona does have a good offense with or without DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, James Conner as the full-time starter, he looked good. He ran the ball hard. I mean, Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray running like a toddler back there. It doesn't matter, but he's out there – all in and he does his thing and I mean 
he's so hard to get he's so hard to maintain in the box and then when he gets out of it he can still make those great throws on the run but for them to perform the way that they did especially through those first three quarters was absolutely absolutely outstanding and then the big story is going to be the offensive side of the ball what is this offense going to be without Tyreek Hill even better and the reason now I see is because Patrick Mahomes has learned how to read and take what the defense has given him. He no longer has to rely on this deep ball or he's scrambling around and he's looking upfield because he knows Tyreek will be down there. He's looking exactly, he's progressing through his reads. He knows exactly who the open man's going to be and he's taking what the defense is giving him. He threw the ball to nine different receivers. <laughs> nine different receivers. He threw five touchdown passes. The Chiefs offense ran 62 plays and had 33 first downs. That is one of the craziest stats I've ever He doesn't ever. have enough help. He doesn't have that, enough help. That is one of the, and it wasn't it's not necessarily the help. I don't I mean Travis Kelsey was by far the most dominant and most go-to target and we all knew that was He's coming. Their number one option. That's Yeah, and we yeah, and we all know that's coming. But I mean, nobody else necessarily had an overwhelming or fantastic game. I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire caught two touchdowns out of the backfield. Aside from that, he was kind of pedestrian. Um, Valdez Scantling had four catches for 40 yards. I mean, he's a new addition, but it's just, I think it is going to be exactly how Mahomes told us when they interviewed him. It's going to be a different person every week. Kelsey's going to get his, but it's going to be a different person that goes off every week. And it makes them even harder to game plan for now because Mahomes is going to spread the ball and hurt you where it hurts most. No, uh, Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes. He's one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, statistically already, if he keeps it up, which, I mean, he just – It's not just the statistics. It's the way he does it now, too. He doesn't look at 70% of his throws. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I'm not saying he's not the first to do it. I'm not going to ride him like that. But he is the best I've seen do something – do stuff like this. I mean – Yes, their running game wasn't, like, crazy good, but it was good enough for that, them to be successful. And you just look at what they did. They're making uh, uh, Scant- Scantling look good. They're making Juju look good. Those are receivers that, if they have a great quarterback, they can be great. I mean, we've seen Juju at times where he was a top-10 receiver about two years ago because Big Ben and him were in his prime. Uh, not in his prime, but, like, they were really hitting on all cylinders. So these are receivers that are going to make plays. I mean, Scantling was number two at Green Bay. He's made great plays, but he wasn't targeted all the time. Just like you said, game planning. All right, we targeted Scantling a lot this week. We're going to go to Juju as our second option. Kelsey can't be stopped. Good luck. Uh, Andy Reid's offense puts him everywhere. Coming underneath the line, going overneath the line, breaking, that little pick routes, all the above. So Andy Reid has a lot of credit for this as well because he's a phenomenal coach. Oh, he coached circles around Arizona on Sunday. 100%. But now on the flip side with – the Cardinals, as we are a Kyler Murray podcast, he played decent, 193 for two touchdowns. That's not bad, especially against the Chiefs. Well, you know as well as I do that stats don't tell that story when you watch that whole game. If it's in garbage time, it doesn't matter like that. And they were. It was 44 to 14. Okay. Yeah, but the biggest thing, I think you got to get Marquise Brown more involved in the offense. Four catches for 43 yards. Like, he's got to be your primary number one. You almost got to force it kind of what the Raiders do. It. I know sometimes that doesn't mean success. But I think you got to get your playmakers the ball a little bit more. You're not throwing it to Greg Dortch every time. You're going to try to get it to Hollywood Brown. I, mean, I wouldn't say that he didn't try to. I mean, Zach Ertz had a game. Zach yeah. Ertz had a game. 
Uh, I mean, Hollywood, like you said, got the four catchers, really but, but he yeah. had more targets. And to me, I, I mean, I'm not as high on, on Hollywood Brown as everyone else's. I actually would prefer if we stop calling Hollywood because wow. the man has a, he has a YouTube video of just drops. What do you want me to say? Like, you can do that on. about anyone. Yeah, not in the way he does. Not for every <laughs> other touchdown that Lamar Jackson could have thrown. But I rest my case. No, uh, Chiefs are all the way back. Uh, I have, I haven't beaten the Chargers this Thursday. I'll give one of my picks away. Uh, I think I came down to it. That might change game time, but I think I must ride with the Chiefs just because how powerful. But that defense. So once again, I might talk myself out of it, Yank. I really just don't know. But this Chiefs, I mean, they're definitely going to get a tougher challenge. Uh, and it's a divisional game where I expect it to be high scoring. Where's it at? Not... I think it's at uh, Chargers. No, it's at KC. Exactly. Okay. Arrowhead. That's Arrowhead's a tough place to play, man. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really know where I'm going with that one yet. I think it's cruel that they did that to us on Thursday night. <laughs> oh my god! But at the same time, I'm gonna be looking forward to it all day on Thursday. So looking forward to it. Oh yeah, now. Who's your next team we talking about here on the Mickey's Is podcast? Well, let's let's talk let's talk about them. let's talk about these fans now. Let's, let's let's get into it just a little bit, just a little bit, just a, just a touch. And I'm not gonna get crazy excited because we played. Excuse my French, a shit team in the Patriots. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I hate them, and I have for twenty plus years. And God, does it feel good to keep beating them on an annual basis now. How does it feel to lose Bill Belichick in Mike McDaniel's first game as a head coach? God, we look good. Um, The defense, man. And that's what I've been saying this whole time. The defense is going to be special. Now, don't get me wrong. Wasn't the most overpowering offense that they played. They don't even have an offensive coordinator. Mac Jones looked a little bit confused back there. The running game did decent, but they just they, when they got down the red zone, we locked up, and then we got the interceptions and fumbles when we needed to. So defense absolutely balled out, did exactly what I expected them to be, a problem unit for pretty much anybody that they play. I actually love their matchup going against the Ravens this year because we know what the Ravens want to do, and we know what they can't really do, especially against a great secondary. So they're going to try and run, and it's going to look just like last year. So I'm very excited. I think it's, I think it's going to be a good week. Put all that aside, we knew the defense was good. Let's get to the real stuff. Two a time in Miami with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Cheetah Hill. Tyreek is fast, man. He's so fast. Uh, he makes defenders look kind of stupid on some routes. I don't know. The fact that he's – also has that speed, but then can be, I don't know, he doesn't look taller than 5'10 next to these guys. And going up in one hand catching over corners is just, is just, just rude. Um, so to have his talent and to see Tua be able to get the ball out quick, disperse it to him, same thing to Waddle coming across the other side, is we are electric fast on offense. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what we do against tougher opponents. But for now, want to know? Fins up. I'm excited. Let's go. I loved the first half Miami Dolphins. They looked legit. 
Tyreek Hill and Tua are phenomenal, but like you said, if Tyreek Hill just has the ball just like on a screen or short routes, he's going to go make a play, extend a play, another five to ten yards, or if not more. All right, your rushing game really wasn't a thing, though, and that's what's going to no, hurt the Miami no, Dolphins yeah, yeah. going forward. I like Chase Edmonds and Mozart. That's, a, that's a, a pretty powerful combination if we're looking at years past of what they've done in the past. Um, Jalen Waddle, though, the one thing I love about the Miami Dolphins is you know, when Waddle scored, you had 40-year-old men doing the Waddle dude, dance. That it's is a one of the thing. It's games. a thing. I'm not I'm not going to lie. I went to a game last year, and he scored a touchdown. And, it, like, it wasn't as big yet because he was just kind of getting it into it with the fans. But you saw a few people doing it. But, dude, it's the entire stadium now. He gets the whole team. It's it's, got, it's my favorite celebration of football right now. <laughs> um. But Tua has the receiving core. So if he does not do well moving forward, you got to do better. You're not going to be able to score 20 points against some of these teams, especially in the AFC. Um, you're not going to win ball games. So you're really going to see if Tua is the real deal, if he's going to be your starter moving forward. But I will say. I think he should start because he is good. He is a lefty. He is quick. And he has the weapons. You have Jalen Waddle. You have Tyreek Hill. Right? You have Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki, um, Cedric Wilson. Yeah, Cedric, Cedric Wilson. You know, the Cowboys, I loved him in the Cowboys last year. But Yank, the it's gonna be tough if he does not excel. And it's really going to be exciting though if the Fins keep on balling. Because you know what? I liked I liked watching the Dolphins. I did. You know, and I hate admitting this to you, but I liked watching them. They were fun to watch. I enjoyed them. I picked them in the pickums last week. So yeah, I'm 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 kind of riding high on the Dolphins as well. But like you said, I, I like your humbled composure. Yeah, I can't. Like, I can't go crazy yet. It's week one. I wanted to, and I. I mean, whew, I was losing it in the crib on Sunday, but <laughs> I, I. I gotta stay. I gotta the, keep. Uh, I don't believe that the Patriots are all that great this year. They're not. They're. The they're, they're gonna be a five-win ball club. I don't believe they're the not. I really. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of with you on that train. I mean, they are not the AFC East opponent that we are worried about. That's for damn sure. I think the Jets might steal one from them this year. All right? Oh, for the Patriots? Running game, they might. They the might. running game's not good. I don't believe in Jacoby Myers being one of your number ones. Delson Aguilar. I actually don't mind. I actually like their receiving core better this year than last year because they added Devontae Parker. I think if he's, if he's yeah. healthy. If he's healthy, he's a big help. They um, have some dudes. Don't get me wrong. Well, they're, run, but, they're a Patriots team. I think their run game will be fine down the road. It's just a matter of you got to be able to open it up. And if you don't open it up, everyone's just going to key on the run game. It's kind of the same thing when you talk, bring up, we didn't really have a run game against them. I mean, it's the Patriots defense. They're, it's, they're always decent on defense, regardless of who they have. They're great at stopping the run. We were able to beat them in the past because we have better athletes. I mean, that's kind of what it came down to. And I expect that. So I'm I'm okay with the run game being a little passive and not used as much this game. But obviously, um, week two against the Ravens, you got you got to open it up. And we got to got to play even better. Oh yeah. Anything else about your Miami Dolphins? Like I said, I'm right high on them. I'm liking them. They're playing. I'm well. happy, but I'm humble. Now. <laughs> this guy's not humble. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Bear down, Mr. Yankovich. They were playing in a swamp. That was bare weather. They came 
they saw, and then we slid away with a W, one of the coldest videos and pictures I've, I will ever see. How many times you watch that video? Oh, I made it into a GIF. It's saved on my phone. Like, <laughs> it's on a GIF, and I'm using it for everything. All right? <laughs> but the things about it is my first key things what I want to talk about. The defense is raw. We're young, and Roquan Swift even said in one of his uh, interviews, he said, this team doesn't know what it's like to just go through the motions every day. They're coming every day wanting to win, wanting to get better. And, like, he's just hearing that from him, like, the young cats that are trying to their absolute best instead of, like, oh, I'm a vet. Oh, all right, got to go through the motions again. Here we go. I'll try to set up for the week. That alone is awesome. That defense came to play. We're frisky, as my friend Big Cat said on uh, part of my take. They are frisky, and I'm loving it. That offense, yank. We threw some screens in there. We took shots downfield. Our rushing attack, we we mixed up the running backs with Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. Lugetsky, okay. Lead us. Lead us with that offense. And the best thing about Luke, Yank, is my man number one, Justin Fields, looks confident like he was at Ohio State. And that's dangerous, Mr. Yankee. Yeah, you, you check your phone, you squint your eyes because he's confident. He's got a swagger. He's out there making plays like it's backyard football. He's making plays with his legs, which and is they were literally playing in a backyard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. The line playing <laughs> on the field it was so bad. But Yank. Now I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. The Bears are back. Let's go. All right. I will say this. They surprised me. They surprised me. Uh did not have them winning this game at all. Did not have them didn't have them. Giving did not give them a chance, honestly. Uh, but I still am unsure, and I'm not going to give them much credit yet. Um, that is possibly the worst conditions I've ever seen a football game be played in. Besides, like um, the uh, Patriots when they ran it or passed it three times. Oh well, and that wasn't even like horrible weather as much as it was just them choosing not to throw it. It's like. Yeah, that was it was just so cold or something that day. Um, but no, that was like I, I remember getting a notification before, um, and that was like you always check that stuff because like your fantasy members come up and you're like, oh, who do I have in that game? Does it affect anything? Oh, whatever. And you go and look at that, and I, I it said heavy thunderstorm. I was like, okay, cool. But you don't ever think it's going to be a literal monsoon <laughs> that it was. And then I literally I'm jumping from game to game. I got red zone. We got three TVs set up in the living room doing whatever else and then it pops up in the corner on red zone and i was just like oh my god this is a toss-up no who who you have no idea what's going to happen anymore in this game not even neither quarterback could grip the ball or throw it really all that deep um, uh, i'm gonna give it i'm gonna bears, give it to when the bears got up by nine that's when like it started downpouring and you saw people dropping it well and that down. yeah and i mean that's the thing too and it's like at that point you feel i i honestly i feel bad for trey lance because this is like his first like real start and that's going to be the condition that he has to play in i believe he's going to be way better moving forward um i think that's I, I'll, I'll chalk that one up to the weather but i mean at the end of the day doesn't matter both teams are in the same conditions you got to play um Defense, I mean, started out kind of rough for your Bears. I think they went yep. down like 10 0 early. Yep. Uh, nine, yeah, 10 0. Yeah, 10 0 early. Yeah, yes, they were up 10 0 early, but they came back and won. And I understand the stats don't look great, right? 
Just Fields, 120 for two touchdowns and a pick. Not great. I was going to say, the stats are nowhere near mine. But, but you you got to look at the weather factor, right? Okay. Yes. They came, they yes. saw, they went and got a W. It was exciting. It got people excited for Eberflus. And people are just excited to watch That's the Bears funny play. funny name, man. I Coach Eberflus. Coach Eberflus. Eberflus. That's like shower handle in real life. Oh, my gosh. Maybe it is. And you know what shower handle is? <laughs> um, Yank. You know, I'm just so excited for this because of the swag that they come and what they did inside the game and faced adversity, a ton of adversity, and show this team can hang with anyone. And once we actually have a nice, beautiful day, Justin Fields can actually go through his reads and can actually set up the offense. They have a game under their belt with Luke uh, Luke Getzky as the offensive coordinator. Next week, Sunday Night Football. Here's another pick for y'all. Upset City. Here we go. Chicago's heading down to Green Bay. We're going to upset the Packers. I'm calling it right now we're going to carry it on because the Packers are hurting. They're hurting bad at the receiver level, at the offensive line level. Their defense really isn't that great. Here we go. Chicago's about to take it to Green Bay in Lambeau. It's going to be great. But, you know, I'll kind of get off my train, the hype train of Justin Fields. It's been great. I love winning, seeing the Bears win. It really makes my weekend. But uh, any last takes on the 1-0 Chicago Bears? Defense showed up. That defense showed up. Uh, I was impressed by the defense. Offense, I'm going to wait until we don't have a crazy uh, weather game. I want to see what they can do with the pass game. I expect Cole Komet to get involved. Um, I want to see Darnell Mooney, Mooney take his next step. Um, and I want to see I want to see truly how good this Bears offensive line is because that was the biggest question um, that I had, obviously, like with the conditions. We, we will find out. This Sunday night against a supposedly good Packers defense. They kind of got torched by the Vikings this week. But we will see what's going on. I'm I'm not going to reveal my pick for that game either because I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on right now. I got to wait and see what's going on, what's going to uh, transpire. Uh, trans- transpire. 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 Yeah. All right. What's the last team we talked about here, Mr. Yankovic? Oh, it's those Packers. It is your. It is those uh, Packers and the Vikings, and it's mostly because I want to talk about the Vikings. Um, oh. I have. We both have them second in the NFC North. They. Look, We're gonna say second. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we'll see what goes down. But I'll tell you what, the defense to come out there, and I know that you're right, the the Packers don't have that dominant receiving core. They don't have anybody that's necessarily going to overpower you outside of the man at the helm, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I've never been the biggest believer in the dual running back committee that they do, even though both running backs are talented. They can do what they have to do. Um, they shut them down. Um, obviously, there is that drop by Christian Watson early in the game, which does change momentum and changes maybe how the rest of the game plays out. But from that moment on, it was just absolute lockdown, lights out. They were blitzing through the line. Rodgers had nowhere to go. I think he got sacked five times by the end of the day. But it was, I mean, it was absolutely great showing by the defense. And then to come out and Kirk Cousins, it's not even the fact, like I'm never, I've never been the biggest Kirk Cousins fan I know that he's great in the regular season, or at least has been in the past. But to see the play designs that were called by the offensive coordinator, 
to see those play designs to where they actually get Justin Jefferson into his zones where he's going one-on-one with people or he's getting his picks, his screens, where he has room to work with, it was impressive to see how often they were able to get him open against a supposedly good defense. Then you get to see his talent take over. He's incredible. Best wide receiver performance probably of the weekend. Um, and then you still got Adam Thielen behind it. You got Dalvin Cook and Matt and Simba running the ball. That That's going to be great. This team is tough. They are tough. Um, tougher than what I probably want to give them credit for going into the season. But they're going to be a team to re- reckon with. I, I typically stay honest on this podcast. Uh, Vikings are a – dang on it, they're a good team. <laughs> Believe it. <laughs> uh Kirk Cousins is a D- he's a good quarterback. I don't I, everyone hates on him statistically. We it's not even stati- no statistically is great. Yeah, yeah statistically we talked it's about just it. yeah it's it's a but, playoff but thing. It's you, a playoff. You, yes, the playoff factor. You can't just say oh because of Blake. Both of the running backs average four point five yards per carry. That's Matson and Dalvin Cook. That's awesome. I mean, they had combined one hundred twenty yards rushing. That's what you want out of a rushing committee, right? And then receiving, dude. <laughs> Dude, Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson is insane. He He's is insane. awesome. I, I'm so happy I have him on some of my fantasy leagues. He is the next upcoming Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins type receiver. He's very talented. I mean, he does the gritty. Every single kid I've ever taught knows the gritty, and it's fun. The kids do it after everything. They celebrate, you know. Uh, I have even caught myself doing it a few times. Oh, uh, but he has solely just changed and – May, like kind of when Odell had the one one catch. You know, Justin Jefferson is now known for the gritty because of his play on the field as well. He's balling, scoring 184, uh, 184 yards, two touchdowns. Like he's backing up his kind of his swagger on the field. And then, like we said, after all that I just said, you still got Adam Thielen, right? You still have decent dudes, especially on the defense. Zadarius Smith, you have Kendrick. I've always been the biggest Kendrick fan. I love Kendrick's man. So. Yeah, same. So they got a lot of big names on defense too. So it's just if they can all put it together at the same time, the playoff factor where one side of the ball will be really good, the other side won't. So sometimes those two sides of the ball are on the same page. But they're they're exciting to watch. And yeah, it's kind I of mean, scary it was good. Yeah. That moving forward. I am I, more scared I, of the Vikings and the Packers at this point. Uh, through through week one, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, from the from the preseason as well. It's it's backing up my point. They are more they are a better ball club than the Packers. And it, can't I say I can't say preseason. Rodgers didn't even play, so we won't go there. Well, but, prediction. I would say preseason prediction. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been saying that this whole time. But the um, no, it, it, and then on the Packers side of it, obviously we just kind of talked about it a little bit when, when we were talking about the Bears, but. Um, obviously just got some issues with protection. The young guys really struggled. Nerves got to them. You cannot, on the first play from scrimmage, drop an 80-yard touchdown in your Well, you can. Well, obviously you did. I'm just saying, like, from a principle of a teammate, you don't do that. (laughs) And um, really, to me, that kind of just set the tone for the whole game. They just everybody seemed out of it. You could tell Rogers was frustrated and mad, like he always does when his teammates aren't playing well around him, which is kind of annoys me. But he, I mean, it, they looked, it was rough. They looked awful. Um, both sides of the ball, really. Vikings had their way on offense too. So it's got to be. It's similar to last year. Everyone talked down on the Packers after Week One. They came back and flipped the script in Week Two. Will they do it again? I don't know. 
If Al Lazard is out again, I, I cannot say that I'm not nervous about this Packers team because they do need some type of veteran presence outside of Randall Cobb because he's so damn old at this point. His <laughs> talent level can't really be there. But they they got to have a, some type of spark going into Sunday. Otherwise, these Bears who are riding high off of a win against the Niners, great momentum, momentum is a real thing. So I would not – that's what I'm saying. It's going to be a tough pick going into that game. Well, easy pick of ice. I do already know. And typically, you know, I try to stay honest when I pick them. But this entire NFL weekend has been amazing. It was everything we could wish for and more. We even had a tie with the Colts. Kind of crazy, which we did do our lightning round, Yank, right after we They let that. Rodrigo go, man, just because we, of that. Oh, uh, we get a no more he- No more Heelys at pregame. So <laughs> upset, man. Uh, before we get into our lightning round, finishing off with some college football, um, college football talk, we like to dabble in that a little bit more than we did last year. But that Bama game, horns up, I guess. Texas almost pulled off the upset with some questionable calls there at the end. Now, yeah, you're the number one ball club going uh, in the nation, going as an unranked Texas team, and only win by one. I feel like you should be ranked a little bit lower uh, down there in the rankings, but with how college football has been going lately with firings of head coaches with big big schools like pack big power five uh teams losing to these non-power five teams college football is just as crazy as the nfl but uh bama texas yank do you agree with some of those calls at the end do you agree with you know how close it was what do they got fix hit it really all right so for me really um when as i watch this game Typically, at some point, I've always thought of Alabama as wide receiver central. Like they just have at some at some point throughout the year, or you typically throughout a game, the wide receivers separate themselves from the pack, and you see that that top five talent that usually comes out. We've seen the Devontae Smith Heisman's. We've seen the Jamison Williams get drafted in the top round. We've seen all these players from the back. Uh, bring out 10 other players from the past. I mean, we know about their running backs that they usually have too, but I watched that whole Texas game waiting to see a wide receiver separate themselves to make a play, and it didn't happen. Um, I don't know if that's talent gap getting closer. Maybe it's just not the same type of Alabama team that we're accustomed to, but Texas played them tough. And I mean, anytime you're a number one team going against an unranked opponent, I don't care if they're a big power five school you expect to win that game and you expect to win a hand and you expect to win it handily. Um to have that be a one point game, I wouldn't doubt if they drop in the rankings, especially when you have Georgia taking care of business the way that they take care of business and some other things. But I mean, it's still Alabama. They still won the game. They're still going to be fine moving forward. But it does raise eyebrows as far as okay. Are maybe not the revenge season. Maybe not as great as they're supposed <laughs> to be. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's a really good point. But there's some questionable calls. Like, people are, like, I mean, getting everything. You could play that game. But at the same time, like, Bama should not even be in that situation. I think they should be dropped down to three, four, maybe even five, probably four. They'll, they'll drop no more than two. Oh. It's just how it is. It's just they it, – I get I mean, it. it they, yeah, they can't do – they won't do that to Bama. It's just because it's Bama. Some, yeah. some, of the, some of these schools will get that, like – Reference. And Yank, another college team I want to talk about. This team played against a non-power five and let up 670 yards of offense. 
and then they got their head coach fired the next following day during NFL Sunday. Nebraska fans. I thought I had it being tough sometimes, being a Hawk and Bears fan at times, but you had Scott Frost for five years. He finally had his dudes, right? He had his draft class or his recruiting class be seniors, super seniors, because COVID, all that. And you go let Georgia Southern go for 600 yards on offense? How in the world does that happen? And I was in Nebraska visiting Haley, and we were watching this time, and I'm just looking around. I'm like, I better not say a sound or else something bad might happen to myself. Uh, it was just terrible vibes for Nebraska, and it's all downhill. They have the big uh, game in Oklahoma. Dude, what do you do? If you're that program, what are you doing to save Nebraska? I, I, obviously what they did, fire the coach and start <laughs> over somewhere. Start over somewhere. I feel – let's first off, this – I know, in a way, this is a long time coming for Scott Frost. Um, you don't declare yourself a national champion at UCF, dominate at UCF, become a local legend, and then – or, well, you could have become a living legend at UCF, but then you turn it down pretty much the same offer money-wise to go to a bigger power five school. I get it. Nebraska was like his home school. It was like his alumni or alma mater or something. Like I get all that. Like he definitely had ties, all that. But just from the standpoint of success and what he had built in at UCF and here in Florida, like I hear it all the time around here. When he got fired, that everybody around here was talking about that. They all think it's the funniest thing in the world. Like he could have had a field named after him. I mean, it would have been the most moron like ironic field name at Frost Field in Florida. Come on. Like, that's weird. But uh, all that aside, they paid him $7 million extra to pack his bags and leave now. They they could have waited two, I think it was two and a half or three more weeks. They just need to make it three more weeks to where they could have fired him and it wouldn't have cost them an extra more. They said, here's $7 million more dollars. Get out. We got to do something about this. But you're not wrong. I mean, to allow over 630 yards to an unranked non-Power 5 conference opponent after already taking a horrible week one loss. Yeah. I mean, dude, what else can you say? Nebraska has been the the epitome of just mess-ups for about <laughs> five years now. No, they haven't done anything good. I feel sorry for the for the school. I feel sorry for the football program. Mm -hmm. There's not a good program. It has been statistically and historically shown in the past years or so. And everyone always makes a show about Nebraska fans and whatnot. So, I mean, that's just a crazy thing to talk about even here on the podcast. Like, like I understand maybe it's really, it's maybe really... it was Minnesota or maybe it was South Carolina did that to him. Like, okay, all right, they're, they're going to have a good year. But Georgia Southern, I didn't even know that was a school, Yank. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. I didn't. And, no, and, and, and and they're not the only one. I mean, we've got a lot of – we had a lot of upsets again this weekend. I mean, Texas A&M, big threat to who we're talking about, Alabama, and all these other top five programs, they go down. That's huge. And, I mean, they go down to – I think it was Houston. That's who they lost to or something like that. Not Houston because Houston's actually pretty decent. Uh, some other – yeah. They were – I don't think Houston was ranked, to be honest. But whoever they were playing, it, it wasn't someone that was a big-time ranked school. They lose – Florida after the great showing week one against Utah. Lost uh, App Appalachian State. That's who it was. 
because they were all talking trash. Yes, yes, talking. thank you. Appalachian up, State, bro. Appalachian, Appalachian State's putting bodies on their resume. They took <laughs> Michigan all those years back. I got woo. They take they got they collecting out there. They <laughs> paid millions to go out there and beat people. That's hilarious. Um, but you got that game going on, which is crazy. Big hit to Jimbo Fisher. Um. You got Florida, which is riding high after a huge upset win of Utah. You think you got Anthony Richardson coming in, the Heisman hopeful, and the nerves got to him. Oh, my goodness, did they get to him. He kind of laid a brick coming out there playing for Florida this weekend. They lose to um, Louisville. Louisville. They lose to Louisville, um, a game that they definitely – oh, no, it was Kentucky. It was a big-time game. Duh. Kentucky. Uh, they lose to Kentucky. It was UCF. They lose to Louisville. Um, it, was, it was another week of upsets, uh, back-to-back Crazy week days. of upsets in college football craziness. But does make you wonder, maybe that expansion to a 12-playoff team is worth it after all. You know what I mean? I'm saying Not at all. You're wrong. Um <laughs> No, last thing, last take there about college football. Spencer Peters is still not very good at football, but he's a great practice player. He is great in practicing, and I guess if you're that good in practice, you will play on Saturdays. Uh, Iowa did lose to Iowa State. They lost the rivalry week, first time in six years. Um, it was it was hurt. Uh, it was raining, too, like a lot of bad weather games, I guess, this weekend. But, uh, what the is Hawks it? What is it? 14 points in your first two games? Yep, 14 points, one touchdown. Uh, it's not good in uh over here in Iowa for the Hawks. Good and I is not good. Maybe you turn it around and Spencer Peters says, "You know what, haters, bring it on! I'm gonna go ball out. We'll see." Or uh, some jobs might be on the line. Uh, because this is just uh, if you all start zero and three, it's gonna be. Well, they beat they beat South Dakota State. Come on now, barely. Like barely still counts. That's true. That's true. That's true. But still. I I on basically count that as a loss. <laughs> right. Yeah, now so they come out and underperform this week and take another L. We it's gonna be panic in Iowa. It will. But uh yeah, any other things before we get into our lightning round? We gotta talk lightning. We've talked about every single football game in the NFL for like uh, no I, longer. I'm than okay. Uh we didn't get to all of our divisional stuff, but honestly, after this first week one. All, all those predictions could have been shot anyway, so we're all good. Let's let's keep it going. <laughs> all righty, here we go with the lightning round once again. It's presented by Pinnacle Supplementation. I just bought mine, y'all. I bought uh, multivitamins. I bought my uh, pre-workout. Brought the protein and all. Go buy it at PinnacleSub.com. You know the drill. Already yank on Thursday night football with a brand new broadcast. Uh, the Buffalo Bills beat the Rams thirty-one ten. What went wrong? What went right? Rams are hurting uh, without all their players. They definitely got some injury woes. I thought the additions would be helpful. They got some things to fix. Bills are going to Super Bowl. Bills are Super Bowl favorite. Josh Allen MVP. They are scary fun to watch. Now next, the Eagles win a close one. 38-35 against the Detroit Lions. Yank. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts are real. Also, Dan Campbell, hell of a job with those guys. <laughs> hell of a job. I'll tell you what, you lost, but great game. Yeah, two big things. 
The Eagles are the real deal. We didn't get to our NFC East in the preview, but they're going to be my number one. And they like, were the number one. And they're going to sure. be a yep. scary number two to three team in the playoffs. I'm loving, hyping up, fly, Eagles, fly, and the Detroit Lions. Grit. Which hard to show up against the, an Eagles team and make it that good of a game. Yeah, Eagles try to walk over them. Lions said no. So watch out for the Lions. They're not going to give up in any ball game. We are going to talk about players, 49ers. I'll get to it. Go. Next, missed kick central. Steelers barely edge the Bengals 23-20. Bad game for Burrow. Tenga gets it done. Very worried about them not having T.J. Watt in the future. Steelers are going to struggle. Mr. Trubisky, though, got a first step in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. But the Bengals spoon-fed them the game. It's still almost one with four That's three interceptions. So many picks. So many interceptions. So many turnovers. They'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Moving on to the tie. Colts, Texans. Lovey Smith gets a tie with his first head coaching job or his first debut in Houston. Um, are the Colts in trouble? I think maybe so, Yank. Matt Ryan looks old. He looks old. Don't like it at all. Uh, Texans, building franchise. We'll see what happens. Yes, we will. Now, Saints barely beat a game-winning field goal 27-26 to 26 over the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are the known team for blowing any lead possible. End of story. If you're losing by more than 14 points, you have a 90% chance of winning that game. The There's best. like a Dan Quinn curse in Atlanta or something. I don't know. Ever since that. Super Bowl, I can. I think I saw a graphic a day of like eight games that they yep. lost after leading by 14 or more. Um, they got to figure that out. As far as uh, the Saints, Michael Thomas, welcome back, kid. Welcome <laughs> back. Oh, yeah. Uh, next, the Ravens win 24 to 9 against the New York Jets. Jets are still the Jets. Joe Flacco, sorry, you're too old, kind of with the Matt Ryan category. And Lamar proved. That he can win games by throwing the football. Lamar Jackson needs to get paid. Did the Jets really throw 59 times with their backup quarterback? I'm, <laughs> just, gonna, I'm just gonna throw that question out there because that's is. stupid. Um it is. for the Ravens, Lamar's going to score sure. Oh yeah. Uh Jaguars lose a close one to the Washington Commanders. First day in the commander unit from 28 to 22. Um, Yank. Two not very good teams. Uh, congrats, Carson Wentz, on getting a W. I only chose them because it was their first day in commander uniform, but that's all I got from them. It's the end and looks good. It's a it's a big win for Carson Wentz. It's a big return for Curtis Samuel. Uh, that's really big. That's really big for them. Um, don't really believe in either of these teams all that much doing anything big, but uh, Jaguars, I, Trevor Lawrence, we got to see you take that step. Christian Kirk's a big addition, but you got to take that step. Got to make your receivers better. Now, the shocker, New York Giants take down the Tennessee Titans 21-20 with an amazing call to go for two with Saquon Barkley. We talked about uh, – who did we talk about coming back? Welcome back to the league. Oh, Michael Thomas. Well, Saquon Barkley, welcome back to the New York Giants and to NFL football. They beat Bulldoze Derrick Henry and the Titans. Yeah, that's a, this is all about Saquon, man. There's nothing else to talk about in that game. It is Saquon's game. He deserved it. Welcome back. Um, Titans looked out of sorts. We'll see what happens. Well, also, A.J. Brown really showed in that game. That's one of those. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. 
And then kind of a stinker, 19-3 W for the Buccaneers over the Cowboys. But Dak Prescott is out. The Cowboys, get all your money out of the Cowboys. They're not going to be successful this year. I had a little bit of hope for them because it's Dak and Ezekiel and CeeDee Lamb. But no more. They did not look too great in the Bucs. And that's the game you want to start off. You want a kind of an easier win when you go play harder competition later on. The Cowboys might not win six games this season. Just saying. I'd, I'd give them six. The Buccaneers, that's my NFC pick this year. Wow, hot take. Bills and Bucks for uh, Zizzy. All right, all right, in the last game, Russell Wilson's return to Seattle ends up into an L. You pay a man how many millions of dollars to not go for it for fourth and four with the game on the line. Instead, take the second longest field goal in the history of the NFL, granted he did not make it. If he did, it would have been the second longest ever in history. Um, very dumb coaching decisions. I think this was a coaching L, not necessarily a Russell Wilson L. And, I mean, your running backs need to hold on to the football, too. They solely lost him the game. And, Gino, go beat Drew Lockout. I like it. I mean, Russ felt the emotions for sure to start, but Nathaniel Hackett, what the hell are we doing? On He's terrible. That is, that is the worst rundown and clock management situation I've ever witnessed in my entire life. And then to fumble and lose the ball not once but twice in a row on the one yard line. It was a Broncos game. Broncos game to have and they pissed it away. Uh on the other side, is that Gino Montana out there in the first half? That boy is balling. Someone talked to him. Uh we might all have to rethink our Seahawks if he plays like that. Um, yeah, I think uh, Nathaniel Hackett's controller died. So a lot of the times, like, he had to go get new batteries. That's why the time ran down. And that's why he's running back fumble twice because he was in control. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, but, yeah, Seattle pulls up that W. But that is the end of your lightning round. Now, any last hot takes before we sign these people off? For me, uh, I think I kind of gave one. I don't believe the Cowboys win more than six games this season, and I do not. And I actually do believe that the Lions win seven or eight. Lions, low key, is kind of scary good, but uh, are gritty. I should say, scary gritty. My hot take: you already know, Chicago Bears, my Bear fans, tap on in this Sunday night. Been waiting all day for a Sunday night. Woo! I owe you. I owe you. <laughs> if you're talking sports, this is the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cut it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Peace. Peace.